the man over there. He needs me. Go, encourage him. Pray for him. I've prepared his heart. The spirit of fear that screams at you is a liar. I've beaten and I've crushed those lies. They have no authority to harm you. I have bigger, more powerful plans for your life. Trust me, seek me first, and you will find life to the fullest. Heavenly Father, we thank you for truth. And Holy Spirit, without your anointing, the word has no impact. It does not get into the conscience of men. So Holy Spirit, come now and dig into our consciousness. And I want you to listen very carefully to me. To me. It's not like he told me everything, but every day. Um, I don't tell you enough that I love you. I don't know all of you. I don't need to know all of you. I don't want to know all your problems. <laughs> it doesn't mean I don't want to hear it. It's just I can't handle it. I, I want to encourage you to trust God. And when I see you in the street, if you ever see me in a restaurant or the mall, please come tell me hello. But I'm going to ask you about your relationship with God. <laughs> because that's the main thing I want to have in common with you. I don't want to just be your friend. God has called me to pastor. He's called me to pastor this church. He's called me to pastor San Diego. I'm not the pastor of San Diego. You get what I'm saying. When I dropped my mother's ashes, I went to pick my mother's ashes up. She was cremated and it was on University Avenue. I lived in San Diego since 1982. I used to run the streets on university. I know San Diego. I went to pick the ashes up and I got lost coming home. I couldn't find a freeway. And God says, I'm going to change your life. I said, God, I want that. So when I tell you I love you, I'm telling you that God wants to change your life. Every Sunday you come here, I have one goal, is to point you to Jesus. And I'm going to yell at you, encourage you. Some of you may not like it. It is because I love you. I got plenty of friends. I'm not here to make friends. I want to hopefully make disciples. And this series we're going to start today is designed to do that. And I'm going to repeat this. I'll say it quickly now, but I'll repeat it later. Please come for the whole thing. Let God change your life. Because before you know it, it's over. And the next phase is for eternity. And when you die, God's going to ask you some questions. I saw my mother take a last breath. I saw my dad take the last breath. It is the most painful but incredible thing you will ever see for someone to go to another life, to eternity. This is not a joke. And on all the campuses, I, I forgot to say all the campuses, hello, um, San Marcos, City Heights. I, I, I have to remember who, who I am. This is The Rock, and okay, we have campuses. Uh, it's, it's really, my mind has been sent to another place. East County, um, uh, San Isidro, all the microsites, God bless y'all. So again, thank you, I love y'all. And uh, don't ask me how I'm doing, just give me a hug. If you see me, just give me a hug. Just say, hey, I pray for you. I like hugs. I say, okay. Lord, I just thank you for my church. It's your church, but I thank you for giving me the role as pastor for this time. Because that too will pass. There will be a new pastor. I just want to do a good job. 
Lord, you put us in this world at this time with all the division in our country, with all the pain in our country, all the fighting. You represent hope and unity. And I pray we can represent that hope and unity with courage and clarity and not play games with our relationship with God and throw Christianity around like it's just some tag we wear, but it's got to be who we are. Thank you for sharing this with my church family, my mother's church family. Thank you for being so good to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Look to the person next to you and say, stop crying. Okay, let's get your Bibles out. Let's get your Bibles out. Ah. Amen, amen. Come on, come on. If you're ever at church and a little voice comes into your head, no matter whether you're here or you have another church or you live somewhere else, whatever, that the people who speak don't go through what you go through. You know, we have 45 minutes up here to give you the word, blah, 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 but that's not our life. Just get that out of your head. You know, I'm, I'm married, been married for a long time. When I talk about sexual purity, people go, well, you're married. Well, I was single once. And I had to deal with that. So I appreciate your prayers. Let's see your Bibles. The count of three, say word. One, two, three, say word. word. One more time, say word. word. Turn to uh, Mark chapter 9. Mark chapter 9. Matthew, Mark. New Testament, second book, Matthew, Mark. Matthew, Mark. A long time ago, there was uh, a thing called a radio. <laughs> How many of y'all remember radios? Okay, some of y'all are like, I know what a radio is. No, you don't know what a This is a radio. This is right here. This is a radio. Not that thing in your car where you have the digital numbers and stuff. This is a radio. And there was a time when there was no TV. There was just radio. You had to listen to all the sporting games, all the news, everything on radio through static, and now you have them digitally, obviously we have TV and all, you know, digital everything and, you know, all that stuff. Uh, actually, when I was born, there was only black and white, there was no color TV, and you had to put a, well, if you, most people ended up putting a hanger in their antenna to try to get the, a picture. Same men if you remember that. Same men if you have no idea what that means. <laughs> and everything was black and white. And then I remember we got our color TV. It was awesome. Um, but when you turn a radio on, a lot of times you'll have static because you're not on a station. And then you turn and dial, turn the dial to dial into a station. And when you get to the station, you hear the program clearly, whether it be a sporting program, a talk show, music. And then when you change from one station to another and turn the dial, you hear static and then you hear another program. Same man if you know what I'm talking about. It's pretty basic. We all know what that means. And, and, and I wanna, I'll give you an illustration. I want to show you what it looks like. So when you turn the radio on, you hear static, and then you turn it, and then you'll hear a program. It's a soccer game. 
Then you turn it and then you hear some music. Sorry. Okay, so that, you, get, you get the point? That, that song is the bomb, ain't it? How many of y'all takes you back? Takes you back. <laughs> so, so you, you turn the radio and then you dial it and then you get a station and you get static and you get a station. What happens is those programs and that music was already playing. It didn't start playing when you turned the radio on and dialed in. It was already playing. You just happened to join into the program while it was in progress. The same many of you know what I'm talking about. The same thing is true in the spiritual world. Day and night, 24-7, there are conversations happening in the heavenly places about your life. There's spiritual battles happening 24-7 about your life. Holy Spirit's having a conversation with the Father. The Holy Spirit's talking to Jesus. Jesus is talking to the Father. All about you. There's all this activity happening. And prayer is simply joining in the conversation that's already happening. It's in your notes. Write this down. Prayer is simply joining in the conversation that is already happening about you. It's getting tuned into what is God doing? We think we're so smart. By the way, a lot of times we do this because we don't know these conversations are happening. But sometimes we think we have to inform God of something. Newsflash, you will never, ever, you know people say never, say never. No, you say never here. You will never inform God of everything, anything he doesn't know. Now, does he want you, does he want to know what you want? Yes. Does he tell us to ask? Yes. But wouldn't it be better if you understood what was already happening, what he already wanted for you? What he had already given you? How he's already advocating for you? How he's already praying for you? And then join into that and say, God, I see how you made me what you want for me. I want that. Boom, done. Here's what it sounds like in the, in the heavenly places. You're praying, you hear spiritual static, and then you hear the voice of God say something. My son, my daughter, I have called you. I have anointed you. Imagine if you got up and said, Lord, I don't want to ask you anything. I want to hear what you have to say. And God says, I love you. I already got you today. Here's what we're going to do. Hey, guess how much less work that is for you? <laughs> and it's not about doing a lot of work or not. It's about, Lord, you're ahead. I'm behind. I'm going to follow you. I don't want you to follow me. I want to know what you're going to do. This series is going to last through Easter. And the objective of this series is to put you in a place where you have powerful, effective prayers. How many of you would love to have a powerful, miraculous prayer life? Put your hand up in the air. Put your hand up in the air. Look around the room. Look around the room. You're saying that you want to have a powerful prayer life. Do you know if that happened, there will be miracles all throughout your lives that you cannot understand. And if we are not praying for miracles, we should stop praying. Now, so here's what's going to happen. Today, we're going to, we're going to, I'm, I'm going to just whet your appetite. Next week, I'm going to talk about, probably for the next week or two, I'm going to talk about all the things that are happening in the spiritual realm so you can know it has changed the way I pray. And I'll get to that next week. But I'm going to talk about what's happening. What's, this, what's the Spirit saying? What's Jesus saying? What's the Father saying? What's the devil saying on your behalf? What are the angels doing on your behalf? You have to know that. And if you know that, all of a sudden now your whole prayer changes. So we're going to talk about that next week and maybe the week after. And we're going to talk about praying just for today. Stop worrying about tomorrow. 
If you pray effectively today for today, what you would have prayed for tomorrow will be unnecessary. It doesn't mean we're not going to pray for tomorrow, but we're going to focus on today. We'll talk about that. We're going to talk about uh, declarations that you need to make. Declaring truth instead of begging for what you already have. Dear God, give me this. He's like, I already gave it to you. You just don't, why do you keep asking me for what I've already given you? We're going to talk about the Holy Spirit for three or four or five weeks. We're going to talk about the, the spiritual gifts in prayer. We're going to talk about spiritual fruit in prayer. We're going to talk about the language of prayer. <laughs> hey, come on now. Come on now. We're going to talk about prayer answers. So here's the goal today is to set a framework for you to have a consistent, powerful prayer life. Just the beginning parts, a framework. And every week we're going to build on it. And if you come every week and do this every day, God's going to change your life. If you don't, God won't change your life. And I'm not saying you have to do this to change your life. But if you're not faithful to do what God called you to do, more generally speaking, nothing's going to happen. Your life will be the same. So it's up to you, completely up to you, what you want to do when they come for you. <laughs> Mark chapter 9, Mark chapter 9, story in the Bible, uh, a man had a demon-possessed boy. He brings the demon-possessed boy to the disciples of Jesus. He asks them to pray for him and nothing happens. He brings his son to the disciples of Christ who are with Christ every day, who have seen the miracles, have heard the teachings. They've experienced the miracles, and yet they have no power. How many of you, in your, by a show of hands, and let me tell you something, uh, elbow above ear, how many of you, by a show of hands, would love to have a supernatural life? Amen? Amen? You, you don't want to just come to church and be a Christian and have your life be like the, your friends who don't come to church. Why do that? Let me say it really clearly. If, if I'm going to go to church and they're going to ask me to do all this stuff, they're going to ask me, you know, i got to give money, i got to go serve, and then my life's no different than that friend of mine who's getting high and sleeping around and what appears to be fun, but really the heart's empty. Why would I do that? Supernatural. Look what it says. Verse 21. He brings to his disciples, his, uh, Jesus comes to the disciples and says in verse 21, he asked the father, how long has this been happening to him? Because he heard he was uh, demon possessed. The father said since he was a kid, often he has thrown them both into the fire and the water to destroy him. But if you could do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Verse 23, Jesus said, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who can believe. Immediately the father cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe and help my unbelief. Everybody say, I believe. I believe. Say, I believe. I believe. You know, if you, the only way, the only way, the only way, the only way, you know you believe is by what you do. I believe. Jesus said, saw the people came running. He rebuked the unclean spirit, saying, you deaf, dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and to him no more. The spirit cried him, convulsed him greatly, and came out of him, and he became as one dead, so that many said he is dead. Jesus took him by the hand, lifted him up, and he arose. And when he had come into the house, his disciples asked him privately. <laughs> they came in the house, and Peter's like, John, close that window. Tell him to shut the door. Get those people out of here. Jesus, how did you do that? We've been praying for that kid all day. We've been boom, shakalaka, -laka, boom, shakalaka on that kid and nothing happened. <laughs> Look what Jesus said. This kind can come out by nothing but praying and fasting. Here's my question to you. What is your this kind? Why are you here? What's the miracle you want in your life? 
What do you come to church for? You have to make this decision that you're either going to follow God or you're not. You're either going to submit to God or you're not. You can't do both. God is never going to bless his competition. What does that mean? God blesses truth. He wants truth. He's not going to bless lies. He likes speaking life. He's never going to bless gossip. He calls to be pure. He's never going to bless your impure life. So you have to decide. Look at number two in your notes. Number two in your notes says, dialed in prayer empowers us to fulfill God's purposes in our life. When you dial in your prayers with the conversation that's happening in heaven, it is going to empower you to fulfill God's purpose in your life because you're going to hear and have clarity about what that purpose is. James 5, 15, 16 to 18 says, confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain and it did not rain for three and a half years. What? And he prayed again and the heavens gave rain and the earth produced fruit. Well, that's, that's in the Bible. You are the Bible. The devil has you convinced that that can never happen to you. And guess what? It will never happen to you. I had a guy tell me, I don't believe in miracles. I said, you'll never see one then. I don't believe I ever get a girlfriend. Well, you never have one then. I don't believe I can ever uh, graduate school. Well, you're never going to graduate school. What do you believe? What is that that you want? Look in your notes. What is your desired discipline to establish during this time of the series? Again, this series is going to go all the way through Easter. Man, you want me to come every week through Easter? No, I want you to come every week for the rest of your life. But if you say, okay, between now and Easter and, and the three, four weeks before Easter, and by the way, we have Easter, then we have four weeks, then we have uh, May 6th, which is the day after Cinco de Mayo. What's the relevance? Because on uh, El 6 de Mayo, voy a predicar en español. <laughs> oh, oh, voy a predicar un sermón aquí en español. Totalmente. See, you don't believe me. You don't, you don't even know. You're not, I know for all y'all who are speaking Spanish, you're saying, he didn't really say that. Yes, I did. Okay, so, we, so but my point is that I want, you to, I want you to think about who are you going to invite? What do you want to change in your life? How about reading through the Bible? Faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God. The more word of God you know, the more faith you're going to have. Period. That's what, how it works. How about praying every day? How about getting into our group? How about going to life class? How about finding out your gifts? How about, Lord, I really want to know who I am. How about that? How about that? Let's say, Lord, I want to do the basic. If you do the faithful in the little thing, he'll bless you with the big thing. You can't be, Lord, give me all these miracles. He says, you don't even know who you are. You wake up every day thinking you're a fool and I call you my son. You get, wake up every day thinking you're an idiot and I call you my daughter. So let's start with who you are. So what is your desired discipline? What do you want to change during this time? If you're going to have this supernatural prayer life, what does that look like in your life? Write that down. Think about it. Go home. Fill in the blank. Listen, Moses prayed and the seas parted. The whole Bible is a prayer book. It's about people who prayed to God and got an answer. Moses prayed and had, had ten plagues come on Egypt. He prayed and the sea parted. Joshua prayed, the sun stood still. Samson prayed and he got supernatural power. Esther prayed and she got courage to, to confront the king. Jesus prayed all the time. Why does the Bible say he prayed? To show us that we need to pray. You think that if Jesus prayed, you don't have to pray? That you're better than Jesus? 
Matthew 14, 23, when he had sent the multitudes away, Jesus, he went up unto the mountain by himself to pray. And when evening came, he was alone. Luke 5, 16, so he himself withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. Luke 6, 12 to 13, now it came to pass in those days, he went out to the mountain and prayed and continued all night in prayer. Everyone say all night. Are you saying we got to pray all night? Hey, you pray all night, guess what? Something's going to happen if you, then if you don't pray all night. That's on you. And then he calls his disciples to himself. And, he, and then after that, he chose his disciples. By the way, he got wisdom from praying. Matthew 1.35, in the morning, having risen long before daylight. When I was a little kid, I thought it was illegal, immoral, sinful to get up when it was still dark. You know, the kids, it was dark, you sleep. Sun's up, you get up. It says, he went out to a departed solitary place and he prayed. He prayed and Simon and those who were with him searched for him. And when they found him, everyone is looking for you. He said, leave me alone, fools. I'm trying to pray. I'm trying to talk to the Father. He didn't say fools. I'm just throwing it in there. Please forgive me. Pray, pray, pray. Everyone say, pray, pray, pray. If Jesus had to pray, if Moses prayed, if Abraham prayed, if Samson prayed, if Gideon prayed, if Esther prayed, if Deborah prayed, if all the heroes in the Bible prayed and could not do anything except without prayer, you cannot do anything for God except through faith. You cannot. It's not by power, by might. It's not by this. It's not by your good looks, your personality. That stuff does not change anything in the spiritual realm. People may follow you. People may like you. But that don't mean the spirit of God is moving on your behalf. It's only by prayer. It's by you having a conversation with God. It's you joining the conversation that God is having. Being in tune with what God is already doing. Look at number three in your notes. Number three, dialed in prayer requires a change in your thought life. Oh, a stronghold is a wrong thinking pattern, which, by the way, leads to a self-destructive behavior pattern. A stronghold is a wrong thinking pattern. Here's a thinking pattern. I'm ugly. I'm ugly. I'm ugly. Here's a thinking pattern. I'm fearful. The worst is going to happen. The sky's falling out. We're going to get bombed by North Korea. The economy's going. Here's a wrong thinking pattern. I'm a failure. I'm never going to win. I'm never going to be. I'm never going to get married. I'm never going to have a date. I'm never going to get a good job. I'm always going to be poor. I'm always going to be depressed. I'm always going to be lonely. There's a wrong thinking pattern. It doesn't mean that there's not facts in your life, that you are poor, that you are single, that you, that you, that you don't have a house. There's a difference between facts and truth. The fact is I'm sad because of my mom. The truth is I have hope. So I can say, I can look at the fact and go, that's truth and that's my reality. No, no, it just happens to be what's happening now. But the truth is God loves me. God's got me. He's going to get me through like he has everything else. And so we have to focus on the truth and, and the truth, not just facts. A stronghold is a wrong thinking pattern. What stronghold would you love to get rid of? Some of y'all wake up every day. And by the way, I wake up like this all the time, fearful. Before you even open your eyes, you sense fear. You hear a voice say, don't even get out of bed. It's not worth it. I've already ruined your day. That's a wrong thinking pattern. Now it comes from the devil, but you've got to pray against that and say, I don't want that. And you've got to be filled with the spirit of God so he can get rid of that. But the point is that, Lord, I want to deal with this. I'm addicted to, I'm addicted to pornography. I have a lust problem. I have an arrogance problem. I have an envy problem. I have a jealousy problem. Everybody I see that is pretty or that has something I don't have, I get jealous and I get consumed with arguing how they're not better than me. That's a wrong thinking pattern. That's a waste of energy and time versus speaking life. And you can't speak life except by the spirit of God. So if you write down, Lord, I want to change this speaking pattern, this thinking pattern, you may think, well, that's not possible. That's a wrong thinking pattern. Nothing is impossible with God, but everything is impossible with man. This is a chance to change your life. You are not going to change your life by coming and listening to me talk. 
You are not going to change your life by coming listening to me talk only. You have, to, you have to submit yourself to the Spirit of God 24-7. That's how it's going to happen. So this series, this is what we're going to give you. We're going to give you piece by piece by piece every week. Come to church, bring a friend, and say, Lord, I am serious about what I want you to do in my life. Remember I told you at the beginning of service? I love you. I'm, a, I'm jacked up, but I love you. I'm telling this to you because I want to encourage you. But then do it. <laughs> number four, number four. Dialed in prayer requires a change in your daily schedule. Ooh. God is worth rearranging your schedule. Your schedule is not better than the schedule he has for you. In your schedule, the devil is wasting your time. He's got you by the, the collar and he's, he's telling you around your life, wasting your time, chasing nothing. So where's the place you are going to pray? This is my place. Is it your kitchen? Is it your bedroom? Is it your garage? Is it your office? Your dining room? Your living room? Your car? Where is the place? You have a space, write it down, that you are going to go every day to meet with God and have this conversation. So you can turn your radio on. What time are you going to come? I would tell you do it in the morning. You may say I'm not a morning person. Well, let me tell you something. You don't have to be a morning person to pray in the morning. What does that mean? That's a wrong thinking pattern. Well, that's just not how I am. God, what would you like me to do? Get up in the morning. You will hear my voice early in the morning. Why in the morning? So, listen, don't trip. Just read the Bible. Don't trip. But here's the logic of it, the plain, simple logic. There's a, whole, there's a, there's a, a frog. I believe it's in Costa Rica. It doesn't matter where it's at. It's red. It's like a tomato. It's called a tomato frog because it's red. And the tomato frog leaks out poison when it is attacked. And they were showing this on Animal Planet, which I love watching those animal shows. And the, something attacked the frog, started eating it. It leaked out this white poison all over its skin. And the thing that was eating the frog spit it out. And then he hopped away. The problem was he was all chewed up. <laughs> he survived, but he was chewed up. And, and only one leg could hop. So he was hopping like this because this leg wasn't working anymore. That's how a lot of y'all are. You get up, get your coffee, get on the internet, text, emails, get your life all rock, go to work, deal with all the drama, and then you go to bed, shoot up. And say, God, and what do you ask him? Make me feel better. He's like, I wanted to talk to you earlier. I could, we could have avoided all of that. Or, or I could have got you through all of that a lot better. A lot of y'all are in relationships now because you didn't listen to God. You're in a relationship now, and you're like talking about them like this, and God's like, if you would have just listened to me, you would have never given them your number. <laughs> All the ladies say, hey. <laughs> I'm sitting here. Where's your place? What time are you going to pray? What time are you going to pray? And how long are you going to pray for? Well, do I have to really do it a long time? When I met my wife, I wanted to spend as much time with her as possible. And I wanted to spend as much time with her as possible close. <laughs> like this. And I wanted to study every inch of her life. Her hands, her arms, her face, her toes. I know some of y'all got a foot thing. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> and 
And the longer I spent with her, the better I got to know her. You think you're going to know God in five minutes? Nope. You think you're going to get to know God coming here once every, twice a month? Nope. You will a little bit. Time. Commit. Time. I'm going to sit here for half an hour. That means you got to get up early? Get up early. Stop whining. Stop whining. If I told you I was going to call you an hour earlier than you usually get up to give you a job that's going to pay you double money, you would be up an hour and a half, dress, brush teeth, put your makeup on just for a phone call. <laughs> Stop being a hypocrite. And by the way, you see this right here? That's a chair. Who sits in that chair? God. Of course, God's everywhere. Don't, don't trip. He's everywhere. He's not only in that chair. And I'm not putting myself in the place of God. Don't trip. May God give you a pimple if that's what you're thinking. <laughs> you get what I'm saying, right? You always got those Pharisees in church. You shouldn't sit in the seat that God sits. Every day God's sitting here waiting for you. You're supposed to come at 5 o'clock in the morning. And you stroll in at 5.30, haven't brushed your teeth, your hair's all jacked up, your breath stank, and you're not even thinking about God. He's thinking about your emails. And God's like, I thought we were going to talk a half hour ago. I have so much I want to tell you. I want to show you what today is all about. I want to encourage you and tell you how much I love you. I want to tell you all the lies the devil's been putting in your head. He's been saying those to me. They don't, don't believe him. But you stroll in, say some, dear God, bless me prayer. Dear God, thank you that you're here, prayer. And then you leave. That ain't going to get you anywhere. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about dealing with this kind comes out only by prayer and fasting. A lot of y'all are fasting. Let me tell you something. What God's going to reveal to you during your fast, write down one thing that you will not go back to. In other words, he's telling you, you don't need to watch as much TV. He's telling you, you don't need to be on your internet and social media as much. He's telling you something. You don't need to eat that bread. If some of you have, have fasted from food, some from bread and sweets, you don't need as much of that. He's telling you, look how good you look and how good you feel eating less. You will live longer and be healthier if you eat less. When you go to the grocery store and all the food in the aisles, 90%, I'm, just, I'm, I'm estimating it could be as far as 95, is processed. Matter of fact, all of it except the water, and even that kind of got junk in it, all of that is processed and will compromise your health. Let God speak to you and tell you, now that the fast is over, do this different. Don't do it just for the two or three weeks you did it. Do it for eternal change in your life. Look at, look at, look at uh, number five, number five. Dialed in prayer will require an accountability partner. Ooh. I'm going to work out every day, and I'm going to work out an hour, and I'm going to get up early. And the first day the alarm gets up, there's nobody there waiting for you. So guess what you do? You sleep in. And then you go with your coffee and your cigarette, and you're on the treadmill. Thinking you are doing something. Oh, you're doing something. <laughs> you're killing yourself. <laughs> I started a prayer discipline in November because two 
well, one guy, a pastor friend of mine in Boston, we started talking about prayer and he challenged me. And then the pastor here in San Diego, Sergio De La Mora, and I have a prayer covenant. And every single day since the end of November, I can't remember the exact day, our covenant was we're going to pray a certain period of time and we're going to text each other when we're done. Every day, thumbs up with the time. So we knew how long we spent. Just as a mutual accountability. Don't judge the system. Just understand the idea. Who are you going to say, hold me accountable? I want to pray in my living room every day at 5 o'clock for 30 minutes. Can you and I do a covenant where I text you, you text me? Whatever your deal is, you do what you want. The Bible says, as iron sharpens iron, so another man or woman sharpens another person. The chances of you doing it go up exponentially when you have someone in your life that you know is going to ask you and hold you accountable. It is a mutual accountability love thing. If you really want God to change your life, put yourself in the best position to change your life. You are not designed to live life and walk with God alone. When Cain killed his brother Abel and God banished him and separated him from everybody, he said, my punishment is too heavy for me to bear. And his punishment simply was isolation. That's why in prison, the most extreme punishment is solitary confinement, isolation from people. Because we were made to be in relationship with people. Get someone in your life and say, look, before you leave here, before you drive off in any, whatever campus you're at, say, hey, would you be my accountability partner? Go to our group. The reason we have our group is so you can meet people and, get, and grow together. Say, will you be my accountability partner? Can we text each other every single day, seven days a week? Because I want to hear God every single day. I want to dial God in every single day. I want to not only dial him up when I'm in my living room or my bathroom or wherever this place is. I want to dial him up when I'm walking to school, walking through my job, in, in line at the Starbucks. Lord, show me, talk to me about who. Because guess what? And we're going to see this next week. As God is speaking about me in the heavenlies, and I want to dial into that conversation, he's speaking about you. He's speaking about you. He's speaking about you. And, Lord, I want to know what you're saying about him. Because if I'm talking to you, Lord, tell me what I need to say to him. How can I pray for him? How can I encourage him? Why is he getting on my nerves? Not you, whoever you think I'm pointing to. (laughs) And, 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 and like, Lord, they're getting on my nerves. They're being rude. And God's going to say, they just lost their mom. Oh. I know that, God. What do you want me to say? Just be patient. His anger will dissipate here in a minute. And then I want you to pray for him. Cool. Imagine that. It ain't about you. Your life will change. Look at number seven. I'm sorry, number six. Dialed in prayer is empowered by the word of God, a pen and paper. Oh, And you'll see in the coming weeks, all your prayers have to be based on the Word of God. I got the Bible. Pen and paper means something to record stuff. Write your lists. Write your requests. Write your answers. God, don't ask God to waste his time telling you stuff you are not going to remember. Giving you direction you're not going to remember. Ask him for stuff. God said, you asked me for that last week and I did it. Y'all forgot? What kind of relationship do we have? Matter of fact, my challenge for you for the next week, until next week, if you don't have a regular prayer discipline, 
This will be the hardest thing for you to do, but it will be most, most powerful because what I'm going to ask you to do right now is something that has to include be part of all your prayers all the time. Just spend 15 minutes a day in your spot at your time for your time period and listen. Don't say anything. You can tell God you love him. But sit there with a pen and a paper or whatever you're going to write with. The danger about having electronics is that you're one button away from an email, right, or text. So whatever you got to do, say, Lord, speak to me. Because if there's one thing that has to happen throughout this, your life is to hear the voice of God because that's what you're going to dial into. Speak to me. So for the next week, just sit and listen. Quiet. It's going to drive you crazy. <laughs> You're going to be like, <gasps> and every day, if you do it, he's going to say, relax, my son. Relax, my daughter. Everything's good. Don't worry about that. That ain't going to happen. Stop tripping on that. I'm going to pay your bills. I'll get you through the heartache. Stop tripping. Don't listen to the devil. Just be in my presence. Guaranteed. I haven't been to heaven yet, but guaranteed. When you see God, you ain't going to worry about a thing. You're going to be like, you're all I need. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything you need, everything will be given to you. But the blessing is not receiving the thing. The blessing is the assurance in your heart that you will receive it. If I know God's going to take care of me, I don't need to see, to, to see how he's going to do it. If I know he's going to provide my needs, I don't, need to, I don't need to be about seeing the money in the bank. I just know. I can trust him. Spend the rest of the week just sitting quiet before God. Come to church on time, whatever service you go to. If it starts at 8, 10, 12, 6, be in your seat, 5 of. Why? Because every second of worship is so critical. Where else are you going to worship God? Say, Lord, this is important to me to worship you. And by the way, next week we're going to talk about the worship that's going on in heaven 24-7. And you think you're singing good? <laughs> you can't even get in the back row of the, of, the, of the heavenly church. They're up there singing holy, holy, holy. Lord God Almighty 24-7. Look at number seven. Dialed in prayer is focused on the kingdom of God. Everyone say this is not about me. It involves you, but it ain't about you. It's about God. Say it's about the Lord. Come on, come on. Say, say this. It's about the Lord. Yeah. Say, come on now. Reverend Lonnie Love. <laughs> say it's about the Lord. <laughs> this ain't about you. Lord, I wake up every day. I am a citizen of heaven. I am not a citizen of Estados Unidos. I am a citizen of heaven. I happen to live in the United States. I love the United States. Specifically me, I love New York. 
It's my home, but I'm a citizen of heaven. And God has put me in this awesome place called United States to represent him. Understand that. Devoid of what team you're rooting for, what political persuasion you're part of, please don't let that stuff distract you. And it is distracting. If you're looking at Fox or CNN, don't let that distract you. That is garbage. It is the systems of man. It is divisive. It's us or them. No, 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 no. The kingdom of God is one. And so, Lord, I belong to the kingdom of God. Now, whether you're Republican, Democrat, whatever it is, hey, do it to the glory of God. But primarily, you are a child of God. So, Lord, I wake up every day. How do you want me to represent you to the world? In your notes, write down three names that you're going to invite to Easter. Why Easter? Because Easter is the next day that people come to church, and this is your easiest opportunity. And you're going to pray for them every day. And if if all you say is, Jim, Johnny, and Jane, Lord bless them, Jim, Johnny, and Jane, Lord bless them, that'll change. You just do that. Lord, bring them to Easter. Lord, bring them to Easter. What we want really to happen is not they attend a service, but that God change their life. And you will start to see, hey, one day, hey, um, months before Easter, weeks before Easter, hey, can I come to church? It's not Easter yet. And God's going to say, you think I'm on your timetable? That was just an easy softball pitch for you. My time is up. I have to pray for you. Lord, as we sit in all our campuses and all our microsites, we are here representing faith in God. We are here representing love for God. But what are we going to do when we leave? Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, even today, are we going to pray? Are we going to seek your face? Are we going to humble ourselves, cry out to you and trust you? That you may do the miracles through our life. You said, Jesus, you said, Jesus, and we hold you to your word, that you said, that the works you do and did, greater works than those would we do if we would only believe it. And all we have to do is ask in your name. Lord, Holy Spirit, I pray you stir up a generation in this church of miracle workers, people who walk in the presence of God. Lord, we have a ministry, a rock school of ministry that people go there and learn to carry the powerful presence of God in every lobby of all our campuses, that you would go sign up for the school of ministry. But, Lord, I pray next week you would prompt our spirit to be in church early, to be praying for those people. I pray that we would get that person to be accountable to, and I pray that we would get that place in that time we were going to meet with you. And we would go in that room, in that closet, with expectation that our Lord and Savior is already there waiting. And then, Lord, I pray you rock our world. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you all.